On tonight's program, ladies and gentlemen, we have something that's going to make you sick. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Four Stars Podcast. I'm your host, Hudson Forrester, and today we have Los Gatos Rowing Club legend, Mina Baher. She got gold in the 2022 Youth National Regatta in Sarasota, Florida, in the women's single. Absolutely killed it. She was a part of the Junior National Team Circuit in 2021. She rode in the women's quad at Junior Worlds in Plovdiv, Bulgaria. She got sixth there. She just finished uh, Henley Regatta. And in, in London, and she got a double in the quarterfinal. And then in her quad, she got also in the final, uh, but she got she missed first by two thirds of a boat length, all rowing for Redwood Scholars at Henley. Um, Mina is an absolute phenom in the sport of rowing, and I'm so excited to talk to her. She's headed to Harvard next year, where she'll be rowing for the Radcliffe women's rowing team. And, and I'm super happy for her. She's going to be able to further her skills in rowing. Um, so, Mina, thank you for hopping on today. I, I can't wait to just talk about your life and, and your narrative. Awesome. Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing is, you know, winning gold at Youth Nats is a huge accomplishment, let alone all your, you know, your experiences at Henley and then Junior National Team. I guess, what was the, what was the big thing for you to say, like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Youth Nats in the single and then go full ham. I'm going to really try to win this thing. What, what was your training schedule like? Um, you know, what was your mindset going into it? Yeah, I, I set the intention pretty much right after 2021 Youth Nats, where I also raced the single and got fifth in the A final. I knew since then, like, this is kind of how I want to attack the next year and, like, hopefully have it all, like, culminate with um, winning gold. Uh, it definitely was a lot of trust. I think I had to put just a lot of trust into, like, my ability and the training plan was not um it was something that wasn't like set out like months um in advance that was kind of all leading up to it it was kind of just like going off of how I felt like what I wanted to do and just going like very much week by week and I tend to like set forth a focus for each week so if I was like okay this is a week where I really want to just like a bunch of steady state on the erg and just like get the cardio going I would do that and then I would know like I'll probably do some like race pieces every weekend to kind of check in, see where I'm at uh, fitness wise. Um, But yeah, I think the biggest thing was like, when you're looking at like a year long goal, like winning youth mats, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of time in between them. And I think when I was hitting like, kind of like, obviously like some great like highs, but I was also hitting like some lows along the way. Um, You just kind of have to like trust that you're working towards one goal and like, um the process isn't going to be smooth so I definitely had to um just like keep my eye on the prize and work through it and it was yeah it worked out so well you definitely kept your eye on the prize you definitely knew what you wanted to achieve and you got after it and you did the best that you could and um I think obviously your results show for that um and your hard work that you put through the season I'm sure you've you know I've spoken to national champions before and hearing their story about what it really takes. And it's, it's a lot different than people think. 
Um, you know, fitness is great. If you have a good fitness, it will definitely help you in the end. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're side by side that boat in the last 250, you need to break ahead, you know, bumping the rate or increasing the pressure or shortening up your stroke, whatever it takes, like that fitness and that, you know, rowing knowledge can definitely come into use. Um, you said you started rowing in, in 2020 of June, right? So almost, almost two years ago, you started, um, yeah. and you, you're winning a national championship in your first year and a half, pretty much. Um, that's, that's insane. Um, <laughs> So you're 18 years old. Um, how did you figure out that you wanted to start rowing? Um, because, uh, you know, it's very, everyone has their own, you know, way of how they started. So what was, what's your uh, beginning into the sport? Well, the biggest, um, I guess, like, factor in this was, it was really like my mom who, she got an email about like a learn to row camp from Los Gatos. I don't know how she ended up on like a mailing list for them or whatnot, but she was just like, want to try this and I had done a rowing camp at Stanford like when I was in like sixth grade so I knew what it was so it wasn't like a big like scary foreign sport um that I like had no clue how to even like start um so anyway yeah I went to the learn to row camp and I just like I loved it I loved like all the coaches they were super supportive early on um and I kind of just dove in head first I feel like I (laughs) I gave up like I was playing basketball and I was running cross country um which are very different sports from rowing but have both kind of um I feel like set like a good foundation for me coming into the this new sport um but yeah there's just something so special about it and I like I didn't really know what I was doing like giving up everything else and deciding that I was going to just like commit to this sport but it was really like a decision that was meant to happen it's led me to amazing places well that's an understatement because it's going to continue getting you to amazing places the, the work that you're putting into the sport now it's coach college coaches I'm sure they're like they're very impressed by what you've been able to accomplish and I'm sure your coaches at home back in Los Gatos are like this is a real real gift that we have on our team your impact on on the sport thus far what do you hope to accomplish in the next couple of years at Harvard where do you where do you hope to see the program transitioning into yeah I mean I think Harvard is such a cool place especially for rowing and just like how central the sport is to the campus and to I guess like the like Boston Cambridge culture and I think um the school also just has a ton of resources for athletics and specifically rowing and I think yeah like obviously I, I hope to go to NCAAs this year um and compete at like the highest collegiate level possible and then I'm also like, I've only really schooled. So I definitely want to like stay in touch with small boats and like double singles uh, and then in hopes to compete um, at the U23 international level um, in the summer, uh, which is, yeah, that's kind of like the, I guess, longish term goal. I don't know if you could really call that a short term goal as of now, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing. Those are fantastic goals. What prompted you to want to row for the U.S.? Well, in my junior year was the year that I was kind of looking at it for um, U19. And in that case, it was honestly just me doing a little bit of research about like the sport. And I was very curious about like what is kind of like the top tier, um, kind of what like at the point I was in the recruiting process and I was like, trying to look at like who are these kids who are getting recruited to these schools and whatnot and then you start to realize that like 
the top kids are a part of this like junior national team system. And I was, I was quite intrigued and it was a good goal to set forth for myself. I felt even though at the time, like being literally a novice, it was a crazy long shot. Um, so yeah, the spring of my junior year, I like, I talked to my coach about it. I'm like, I'm hearing about this junior national team. Uh, do you, do you know the coach? Like, do you know any ins that, um, you could kind of like advocate for me in a sense, just because like, you can fill out the surveys, but who knows what that really does, where, where that information goes. Um, but yeah, my coach supported me through that. And it was, it was tough because in like April, I didn't get invited. And they're like, we're going to hold out a few spots until after youth nationals. And I was able to kind of secure one of those spots after I raced um, in June. And then it was a quick turnaround to camp. Um, but yeah, I, I really kind of enjoyed the whole like selection process and also working towards even getting that invite. And I think in terms of like pushing yourself to like the highest level and like um, in high school and then in college for you 23, it just like, it allows you to really like, cause I, I think like it's, it's can be like a very like hard goal to attain, but if you like, like shoot for the stars and like shoot for the moon, whatever, um, it it'll lead you to great places and like maybe it isn't selection camp at the end of the day maybe it isn't worlds but at least you're like pushing yourself and you're probably improving a lot along the way that that's a fantastic mentality um i'm i've always been curious how do they send out the invitations is it phone call is it email like how did you how did you know that you secured a spot to selection i had well actually yeah so i raced basically that sunday at youth nationals and then i reached out to the coach again and like hey here's an update um, I just got fifth. I am still interested in coming to camp if you have extra spots. And she had, she wrote back and she was like, Ex- excellent job. Like let's hop on the phone, talk about camp possibilities. Um, and then from there, yeah, they send you an email. My situation. Yeah. That was like kind of a unique situation because it was so last minute. I think typically um, it's just an email, not necessarily a phone call. Always, always wanting to learn more about how it all works out for people. And uh I think, you know, your story, what what you said, like, you know, even though you might not know if you're going to make it, you know, you're still pushing yourself to limits that you probably wouldn't have done before. And the the, the fitness that you get in and the absolute rowing, like you just get shredded and, and just, it's just a really good sport. I mean, I always try to recruit kids and try to preach how amazing the sport is and just to really get people to join it because it really changed my life. And I've seen it change other individuals' lives for the best as well. Um. I guess, you know, what does really rowing mean to you? Like everyone feels like, oh, you know, I rowing to me means like the absolute epitome of grit or rowing mm-hmm. to me means like resilience, like never give up. But like everyone's perspective of it is different. So how do you perceive rowing in your own mind? Yeah, mm. I feel like I, I could take this question in many different directions. But I think what like initially drew me to the sport was that there's like there's kind of there's multiple challenges in the sport but there's like I felt like there's two main ones which was like the fitness and kind of like the erg like just like yeah grittiness side of it but then I was like really really into like the technique and just how like meticulous the sport is and how much kind of like goes into the perfect stroke and I since I learned to row during the pandemic I was really only rowing in a single and to just kind of like get so drawn to that sense of like perfection and like you will never really reach it but like to keep chipping away at it and to finally feel like the boat is like gliding and you're getting like um good connection that kind of like 
side of like beauty of the sport and the way that it's almost like art um I think is just what has like kind of gotten me so like <laughs> like wrapped up in it and like yeah I, I keep wanting to like make or like reach perfection and like it's not in like a I mean it is in an obsessive way but in a way that I'm like I you have to understand so many different components and like um you're really like creating a beautiful thing like beyond just results like even if you don't get the result you want rowing as a sport like to me is just something that is just so beautiful and um all the heart that's poured into it all the time like all the effort that goes on behind the scenes to um like create like crazy crazy moments um like on big stages like worlds and henley and the olympics um there's just there's so much more that goes into it and i think even like the frustrating the challenging like the moments of defeat that's kind of all part of it and that's what makes it so special that's that's awesome you said rowing is beautiful in that and i i think i like to you know echo that your teammates to you because everyone was really you know cut off in the rowing world when the pandemic hit and people and you think about rowing because there's not really a lot of people that have to be involved with it mm-hmm. so you think it'd be easy but a lot of the you know u.s rowing really cut off especially in the southwest a lot of abilities and chances for people to, to really row um yeah. and each program was different so how does your program kind of run things and um you know you were able to still be in a single you you race a single a lot and some pro- clubs it was like oh well, i'm a i'm a scholar like i'm this is gonna be easy for me and then there was people who just swept and it was like a whole different ball game. So mm-hmm. how did you and your coaches and your whole team, frankly, you know, work together to be able to still get the job done at practice um, and to be able to go and do well in your craft? Especially kind of in the Bay Area. I don't know if it was the same um, everywhere, but we were in singles until like March. Um, and then we started getting into doubles and then quads a bit later. Uh, and then we didn't have any real races. We had one scrimmage in the fall and then we had two scrimmages in April and May, um, which were like really low key. They're like uh, 1500 meter races, uh, which was like really helpful. It was like a good chance to finally compete against some other teams. We had like Redwood and Oars come down to our um, like reservoir, uh, which was amazing. And then, yeah, it was, it was definitely difficult. I think especially, um in the first I guess like three quarters of the year because we didn't even know if like youth nationals was going to happen that year um and it was just like a lot of training but there maybe wasn't as much purpose behind it as there was this past year just because like you're like yeah we're training we're staying fit but like is there really going to be that big event that um culminates the year but um I think Los Gatos did a really great job of keeping everyone motivated um singles are tough to just kind of row every single day like even when I was training this year I mostly spent time in the quad because like rowing a single every day is just gonna like it can drive a person insane honestly but yeah I felt like um our club did a really great job of like keeping everyone kind of like together as one even though we were all in separate boats that's a very well well stated sentence you just said you know together as one what was your mentality like going into each day of practice you know you said you went and did the quad a lot which is you know much more team oriented Mm -hmm. Uh, when you were in that single you know what did you you know how did you talk to your coach uh prior to you going out in the the boats every day did you row with your team while they were doing or did you have your own separate thing that you had to do I basically had like a 
six day week, I would take my off day, whatever on Sunday. Most of the time I would take an off day. I should have taken more probably looking back, but um, I wasn't like super religious about like Sundays off. Um, but yeah, I, I tended to do pretty much like one a days, like most of the time, um, two a days as I got closer to nationals became like more necessary. And like our practices were, I really liked how they were organized. We would do like um, a hard erg on Monday. We would do long steady state on the water on Tuesday. We do like a different type of erg, like it'd be like kind of like low rate, like power erg pieces. Um, and then Thursday would be like shorter race pieces. Um, Friday would also be shorter race pieces on the water. And then Saturday we would do long kind of like over rate, over distance pieces on the water, uh, which were always just a great chance to kind of look at some splits. Uh, we usually like in the morning would have like pretty good water. So it was pretty easy to kind of tell where I was. I was basically like single only. I did every day in the single and that was a little bit more chaotic. I got, a, it was a little bit more, I think, independent in terms of, I didn't have like coaches watching me on the launch as much. And then as I got into the spring was when I started um, rowing in the quad that we had just like pretty much for the majority of the afternoon practices. Then I would kind of supplement in the mornings with just some like erging. I also like, I'm pretty into running because I used to do cross country. So I'd run a lot, which was, I feel like kind of like one of my most helpful pieces of my training, just because I felt like I could get like, like after I would actually feel like I like got fitter. Right. which was super helpful. And then um, I tried to get into biking throughout the year, which is something I didn't really stick with, but I enjoy. So like, I think I'm like taking two weeks off right now. I'm going to try to get even more into biking. You use um, the bike erg? Huh? Did you ever use the bike erg? Yeah, I don't like the bike erg though like very it. much. I would do like this, like 90 minute on the bike erg and it was just tough and not right, really, not, really not, fun. 90 minutes is a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, I, I I can definitely see what you mean by that. I heard people say that, oh, I love it. And then people say, oh, nope, not for me. So yeah. I, I get both sides of the story for sure. Um, So your practice schedule was, you know, it was, was it always pretty set like that? Like you knew what was going to go happen every Thursday or did the coaches spring upon like, oh, today is, we're doing this and it was off schedule. Like, cause at my home club and junior, like my junior team, no one knew what they were, you know, about to do. Like the coach told them that day, like, Hey, Today we're doing a three by two K or today we're doing just like 500 meter pieces up and down. Or like sometimes it was, you know, very different. So it, it was every day, just like you knew what you were doing or was it like. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Um, well, I, I kind of feel like that like general layout that I just did was kind of like the template. And okay. usually there'd be like different type of workouts that would fall under that category that we could like expect it would be like one of like three or four possibly for each given day. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they were a little bit 
kind of like trying to be sneaky and like surprise us with like especially like herb workouts I remember showing up to practice thinking it was going to be like an easier Wednesday erg and then we're like we're doing two by 5k which is like one of our like harder erg pieces um just because it's it's long and there's not really time to go easy <laughs> during yeah. that so yeah the, there there's some surprises but like not not a lot it was pretty much usually just me in the single wow. there some other people doing it um like for like getting back from injuries and whatnot um I spent a lot of time in the fall I spent a lot of time with like women's fours and that was like a really good chance to like race side by side and like yeah. kind of like know what it's like to be under pressure and having to like walk away from a boat mm-hmm. um even though you're like kind of riding with them for like you know multiple minutes um and then I also got the chance to race some of our guys singles and then our women's doubles were also like some good competitors our women's quad like because I I also wrote, wrote the quad um at youth mats like we we had a pretty fast quad like we got a final we got lost in the a final but we made the a final so it was good our yeah. quads are pretty fast so I can never really keep up with them but yeah, I think the doubles, the women's fours, Cox fours, and then yeah, men's singles from time to time. Wow, that's a good accomplishment. And then your experience at Henley, you know, when you were side by side, you said you lost two thirds of a boat length mm-hmm. to, to the other team. What yeah. was going through your mind? What was the factor that got you guys two thirds down? Because that to me, that's heartbreaking. So yeah. <laughs> what was what was the situation there? It is. Uh, well, we actually... We had a pretty aggressive first half of the race. It was perfectly executed on our part. And we were, we were actually up for basically the first like 1200. And I mean, we were racing against a really strong crew from England, um, Claire's Court um, School Boat Club. And they, yeah, they, they just had a little bit of a stronger second half of the race and kind of edged out in front of us um, in their sprint. And it, it was just one of those kind of moments where you're, like, you're pouring absolutely everything into, into the boat and you can't always come out on top, but like, obviously it wasn't a matter of, oh, I could have pushed harder in this part of the race. Um, but it, yeah, it was just one of those situations where like possibly like tech kind of goes out the window and you're kind of just like in like go mode. Like I just kind of got to be an engine right now. Yep. Um, but it was it was a really Im- impressive and like very memorable race for me just because, you know, like being at that level of junior rowing in a team boat is very special. Just like it's very different than rowing like um, in the single just because you're you're pushing with other people and like to get four girls together who can really move a boat is um, it's one of not, the it's, it's hard to come by. Um, yeah, so, sure. yeah. And this this junior quad had they had one youth nationals. Um, and then obviously one of them was really sad, got sick. And then I, that's kind of when I stepped in and I was, I was happy to get them as far as, as far as I could. Well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you helped that a lot. Uh, you know, your strength and everything, your skills and everything like that was just not many people can, can say that they can do that. So well done. Uh, and the other thing too is, did, so you knew that you didn't sub in when you were in London, you subbed in when you were back in the States, right? No, I subbed. Yeah, I subbed in. For the Henley race. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, like, you didn't sub in. Like, did the girl get sick in in London or did she get sick in the States? Oh, no. She got sick basically, like, the morning racing started. 
was when like the coach is like she's sick can you possibly step in like we're gonna run it by the stewards so did you take the girls uni or do you row in, in your Los Gatos uni no I I wore her redwood uni yeah because we weren't under composite boat it was like just a redwood yeah, yeah. that's awesome wow yeah. yeah redwood scores they have a really they had a really strong finish this year in, in the quad they did really well mm-hmm. um, yeah was, I would I'd love to speak any of girls listening love to speak to you guys as well so I am yeah. sure to hit you guys up. So just make sure you, uh, you know, hit me back up so we can get a podcast going. But I mean, this is, this has been wonderful. I've, I've had a great time speaking with you and learning more about yourself. Um, I guess, you know, what are you, what are your, what would you like to say to the people about what, you know, where you, where you, where you see yourself in the next, in the next couple of years, the next four years that you're finishing off your time at Harvard. Hopefully you've been through the U23 system already. You've done very well there. You know, what are your, What's your aspirations, you know, after college? Do you hope to still be in the Olympics? I mean, obviously a lot can change in four years, but the way I'm thinking about it right now is I just, I don't see myself kind of hanging up the sport after, after my senior year of college. I'm like not quite ready to say goodbye anyway. And um, obviously there's a lot of great like high performance centers once you're done with college that I'd love, love, love to race for. Um, California yeah see kind of yeah see where it goes and I think I also have to think about what I want to do for a career and that's why like I'm excited to be at like such a cool place like Harvard just to like learn more about like my what I'm interested in academically and like what I what type of job I want to have later but as of now yeah I, I think I'm gonna have to stick with rowing for longer than just four years oh I'm, I'm beyond proud of you and uh, the thing that you've been able to accomplish in a short amount of time has been really, really impressive. So the work that you've done, just don't give up, you know, never change what you're doing. Just keep on going for it. And you're going to do great things. Since you won the single at Youth Nets, you know, when was your, like, when was the prime time for you for their whole recruitment process? Was Harvard just the only school that was mainly on your mind or were there other, obviously there's probably other schools that were knocking down your door. How did they look at you in terms of, you know, who you were prior to your win at Youth Nats? Well, I started like the recruiting process pretty much like as soon as I started the sport, which was kind of strange, I guess. Like I did like a 2K like two weeks in. It was not like I went like 755. It it was like a kind of mediocre. First of all, before you keep going, I know know you're, you're very, very, you know, into this high performance mentality, which I would love to just keep it, keep acknowledging that. But even a 755 is even recruitment uh, ability for some people, you know? Yeah. So, so, but again, well, <laughs> keep going. I'm interested in hearing more about this. Yeah. I, so yeah, I started talking to some schools, even with like um, kind of that range of erg scorch. It's great. There's like so many opportunities out there. Two weeks in, ladies and gentlemen, two weeks in 755. All right, keep going. Um, yeah. As I, I think the biggest thing in like my recruitment process was overlapping with the COVID year. So it was pretty much just relying on my ERG score because there were no race results. Uh, so yeah, as the more I kept just chipping away at my 2K score and like 5K score, um, the coaches kind of started to become more interested. And then obviously like the Ivies, like I kind of had my eye on that just because um, they're very like, you know, well-known in the rowing world and everything and just have like great resources for rowing and for academics so um that like I feel like that Ivy Leagues weren't really interested until I made the national team so like my recruiting process definitely amped up in like June and July going into my senior year and I committed in like 
late July, early August. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, not that, like a decision-making process, but at the same time, like I have wanted to go to Harvard since I've literally been like four years old. So wow. it was kind of one of those things where like rowing really opened up a door for me um, to like achieve a goal I've had for myself for a long time. And obviously like I'm stepping onto like an amazing team with amazing coaches. So I'm, yeah, I'm just very happy with how it all kind of fit together. Some kids, some kids join rowing just because they want to get into college and some people do because they want to have fun, do a great sport. Um, you know, was obviously your mom pushed you to join with that, with that learn to row email, which no one knows how she got that. Uh, yeah. but that's okay. That's, 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 that's a, that's a whole different story, but yeah, uh, that's so, so you, when you heard about it, you, did you ever think about the whole college opportunity side of it or was it just wanting to go out there and just be a part of a sport? It was something that like, kind of just like pass time in a way. And like, also, I had to apply to schools like eventually, like junior year is a big year for college admissions process. Um, and like I needed to be doing something with myself, not just like sitting at home going to online classes. So it ended up working out that it um was a great it opened opportunities for college, but yeah, it wasn't like the original goal. What was your what was your original top five when you were finished, like kind of getting to the in the prime of recruitment? Was it just Harvard at number one or what were the other? Uh, contenders I was looking at so like in my I guess like spring of my junior year I was really looking at um Cal Duke in Texas and then kind of like as I said once the like Ivy started reaching out like I knew that was kind of like a a goal of mine and like felt like a really good fit for me um just like seeing like the whole picture and like obviously I was already talking to amazing schools but just like something about like the coaching and like the team culture specifically like at Harvard really stuck out to me a couple other Ivies as well and yeah I'm wow I'm very happy to be at the place that I've wanted to go for so long so you know being humble like that is 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 a great gift in life so and I can't wait to see how you do the next couple of years and and you know keep in touch please and make sure that you're staying a part of this community of people this is Mina Barr from Los Gatos she is an absolute champ uh, literally an absolute champ. Uh, so she's a, a great guest we've had on today uh, for another episode of FSP. Thank you so much, Mina, and take care. Bye. Thank you so much.